This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a special Sunday edition. The block is hot, Josh, and we're about to drop some more fire in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Has the soccer been kind? I've seen you all over Twitter. Like, you probably need a nap, man. You have just been rolling like over this weekend. You've been busy. Busy, but not necessarily good. Over the last two days, I've caught some bad breaks. Bar that that, that refereeing, uh, virtual assistant refereeing, it's going to be the death of me. Really? It just, don't get me wrong, they're getting this, at the end of the day, you want the cause to get right. You sure. want it to be, but... This when a goal goes down, you know, in soccer, you don't really see that many goals. So when one does go down, one tends to be able to celebrate or if it's against you, you fall to the ground. Oh, man. (laughs) Right now, it's a hesitation. You look at the TV and you wonder for a second, like, all right, let me see the first replay. You can't even move either which way. And the games are are basically they're in the hands of this now, which, again, it's getting the call right. But it's just something I'm not used to. And it's putting a pause in the game. And we'll get into that later. But right now, I want to get into the man behind the glass, rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday with us at Carlson Radios, where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew! What's up, guys? Still trying to recover from the Mexico-Costa Rica game I was at last night, so if my voice is a little hoarse, I apologize in advance, but it was a fun time last night. How was it? I want to. I wanted to get your perspective on that. I I saw. I wanted to see your goal video, and then I, all I got to see was someone walking by with some nachos, which looked delicious, <laughs> but uh, how was the overall atmosphere in there? Because it was loud on TV. It was great, but I don't know if my expectations were too high, or because that was my first time going to a soccer game of that magnitude, you know, with a team like Mexico in that sort of position. And I almost expected it to be crazier and louder, if that makes any sense. Um, The atmosphere was great, but I feel like the on-field action, for whatever reason, didn't necessarily inspire them to be loud in the stands all the time. Like, there were moments, like, every time Mexico bombed forward, obviously they got, everybody starts standing up, they start cheering. But the noise wasn't constantly there, which sort of surprised me a little bit. Do you think it had to do with the actual gameplay of it, or or do you what was it? Just it, because the, how early did you get there? Because the game prior to the Mexico game, it ended wild. I, I didn't get to watch the uh, Canada Haiti game. We got there, I want to say, I don't know, twenty minutes before the Mexico kickoff, so probably around like eight thirty-five, something around there, and the atmosphere. Come in into the stadium and leaving the stadium after the game, unbelievable with everybody singing and chanting and everything else like that. But during the game, I don't know. It just like I was expecting it to be louder than I'd ever heard that stadium before, and I don't think it got there. 
I understand. Well understood. It's 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 crazy uh, to see though. At least the stadium hit that seventy thousand plus. Well, how many was the final count? Uh, seventy thousand seven hundred, something like that. Ooh. See, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people. And to think that there was three big events going down in Houston yesterday with the Astros also playing, and then you had the Charlo fight. Oh man, I bet that was a mess traffic wise it had to have been that's why i had spoke to andrew earlier this week and he he was you know we were talking about how packed it was going to be getting out of there how long did it take you to get out of there i didn't get back because i live right in this area over by the the studio in the galleria we didn't get back home till probably 1 last night wow again though mexico fills the house always in houston oh, yeah they're all it's luckily they always get to play here but anytime that mexico comes here it's on it always gets packed and to be honest i love to see it oh yeah it's awesome man it's it's a great soccer town it really is and and you got to see that let's switch over a little bit from soccer they're probably out there listening these guys really just coming out talking soccer right (laughs) off the top let's uh scratch a little bit of basketball free agency what are your thoughts right off the top uh a few people have already I guess cemented their destinations. Kyrie Irving, they say he's going to be on the Brooklyn Nets. They yep. say Kimba Walker is going to go to the Celtics. Yep. Any thoughts on these? Uh, I mean, it makes sense. They're both it looks like going to get about four years, one hundred forty-one million. I mean, it sounds about right. We've been kind of hearing rumors about this for a few days, so there's nothing really shocking here. We're still waiting for some other guys to make up their minds. So it's a little underwhelming as far as like news breaking and happening right now so i mean no surprise that irving is is gonna leave boston nothing shocking there so we'll see we we want to see what happens with these other two big dominoes that that need to fall and then of course you know what's going to happen with the rockets is you know jimmy butler thing ever going to happen you know it's i'm just kind of like come on let's get this going there's a lot of what ifs right now if what i want to know is for example what does it do to a player like Let's say Clint Capella, somebody young, somebody that a year ago, let's say when they were going to get their money or got their money, and they said, okay, Houston is my my place. And then all of a sudden now there's reports saying if a sign-and-trade deal is able to be pulled off with the Jimmy Butler, you know, with the uh, Sixers and Jimmy Butler being able to come here, then they do have a trade in place for Capella if that all happens. So say it doesn't happen. And Capella is, it has to stay here. What does that do mentally for you? And when, you know what I mean? Not just for this ex- specific situation. Let's just say if that was in any, in any situation when the Lakers and all that happened, when LeBron wanted to ship everybody off, what did that do for that locker room? You know, after that, they didn't take it serious. It, don't get me wrong; those are totally different players than what Clint Capella and and he's not going to let the whole uh, the, he he won't be the reason the whole locker room falls apart. Don't get me wrong, but does it do anything? I mean, welcome to being a Houston Rocket. I mean, you're a commodity. It's Daryl Morey, right? Like, he uses, he moves, he he treats it like a fantasy league almost, you know, which is kind of cool. I like that about Daryl. So you really can't feel too secure if you're a Houston Rocket unless your name's James Harden. But that's a good point. I was talking about that uh, in the office the other day. Like, what's that going to do for Capella? He kind of came in out of shape this past season after getting his money and maybe not as inspired as, Rockets fans would have hoped. So I don't think this is going to help. I'll tell you that much. 
one name that I didn't want to hear come up, and some are saying that it was a rumor that he's not even going to be included. And if you look at it, some are saying that he has to be for this somehow to be able to work. P.J. Tucker, but he said he understands it's a business. Yeah. He's a businessman, and I love his approach to it. He says, hey, all I could do is basically show up every single game, regular season, and I like how he put the emphasis on it. He didn't just say, I showed up every game. He said, I showed up every game, gave it all I had, every regular season game, every playoff season game, or playoff game, and that's all I could say. That's all I can do, and I'm going to leave it like that. Man, you wonder if that's a backhanded shot at somebody that doesn't show up for every game, but I I don't know. And look, PJ's more mature. I think he's like 34 years old, so he's been in the NBA, man. He knows how this goes. I hate to lose PJ. I would hate for the Rockets to lose him in in an attempt to get that third star. Sometimes that might not be the best option, right? Because I'm not going to say all of it's true. I'm not going to say any of it's true. Something maybe went down this offseason. A lot of the Rockets players from inside are saying no, that that doesn't hold that much truth. So I kind of believe some of them. I do. Yeah. Now, smoke is fire. We all know that. Cool. But is Jimmy Butler a guy that you want to come into a locker room like that? If there is anything? It's tough, right? He's going to want to. He's not going to want to watch James dribble. I'm just not sure he's the answer. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. I'm not by no means. I'm not saying he's not fantastic, but I'm not sure he's the player that gets them over that mark as to blowing it all up and losing an important Eric Gordon, an important PJ Tucker. You know what I mean? These are important players to where you were right. You were there. You were close to getting over the hump, and you know what? It just didn't happen. You fell flat again, but to blow it all up and say, hey, Jimmy Butler's the answer, I'm not saying he is or isn't, but that's a lot of talk. No, I mean, look, I think it would be – it makes sense. Like, when Daryl sets his eyes on a player, like, he doesn't let that go. Think how long he was trying to get Carmelo here. Think how long he's been trying to get Chris Paul here. He's – been trying to come after Jimmy Butler for a while now. Like, he once he gets a guy in his sights, like, he keeps going and going and going. And the thing with Eric Gordon, man, is, I mean, he, his contract's up after next year. So, you know what I mean? Like, he, and he's already, he's 30. So, and P.J. Tucker's 34. So, if you're getting rid of those two guys to bring in a younger Jimmy Butler, I think Jimmy's in his late 20s. Like, that makes some sense for me, you know? Like, it, that, I could see why Daryl would want to do that. And what I was thinking the other day is I almost feel like, you know, how they have this supposed deal in place for Clint Capella, basically letting the 76ers know, like, hey, we're ready if you guys are. Yeah. That almost feels like to me that Daryl's like, see, Tillman, I I got the deal for Capella set up. It's all in the 76ers court now, right? Like, they have to agree to it. I did my job. I have somebody willing to take Capella. We're ready to get Jimmy Butler. So don't look at me. You want to change this offseason? I did my part. Everything's ready to go. But the 76ers, they have to want to move him. And they kind of need Jimmy to make it uncomfortable for Philly and and make them want to trade, you know, make him do a sign-in trade. It's on them to kind of, you know, push them and put a little pressure on them and make them want to take the deal. Instead of losing him for free, we'll pick up Gordon and Tucker. And, you know, those are some pieces. So I think it could be Daryl being like, hey, I, I did my thing. So it's up to them and it's up to Jimmy to kind of force his way out. Now, a few, like I said, it's a, a lot has to happen either way. Miami Heat still gets their visit. Yeah. And he sounds like he 
would like to play there. I heard that Dwayne Wade uh, tribute or whatever. Hey, man, let's stop all the rumors type tweet. Yeah. You come in here. Everyone wants him. He's he's the, I guess a lot of people see him as a piece. Sure. I'm just so curious how it would work out with these pieces. What do you think, uh, Andrew? I think you're adding a very, very volatile player into an already combustible mix of people. Yep. But at the same time, while I'm in the camp that I think that they should just try and adjust the system a little bit and run it back one more time, I completely understand if the people in the locker room don't feel that way or if the staff doesn't feel that way. Because if you've gone at it with the same group for two years in a row and it hasn't worked out, people can get frustrated and you need to change things up. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happened. People are frustrated and they want to change things just for the sake of change. I, no, I agree. And one thing we do know, though, is they're going to be looking at JaVel McGee. It's some talks going down. And also Kevon Looney, yeah. which I'm interested in him. He showed what he can do. He showed his grit playing injured in those finals. And that's somebody that you can plug in. You need, once you get these superstars, you do have to have role players. Yeah. Yeah, Daryl's going to have a job to do if this happens because there are going to be some holes to fill. And it's a little unfair to do this compare uh, to compare these two, but how much is the drop-off from Capella to Looney? I mean, which Capella are you getting, right? Exactly. That, that's what, that's, you just don't know. But again, I don't want to just throw dirt all over Capella because he's young. You made that decision last year for a reason because you believed. Whenever you heard last year and you saw Capella got signed and then it didn't hurt that bad. Don't get me wrong. The, the Chris Paul one did kind of make you scratch your head. But the, the Capella one, it was kind of like, okay, let's give the guy a chance. The one series that you needed him to come through, he went invisible. Yeah, but I don't think that's the narrative that's going to sit behind Capella. He'll. It's not the today, day and age center that could fit into them. It's tough. You know what I mean? And that that's what you have here. And he was, they were able to take him out of the game. It didn't work. But is that who Capella is? Is it time to blow him down? And t- no, I don't think so. But don't get me wrong. There's players like Kevon Looney that are serviceable. He's got a mid-rating shot. He's big around the rim. I love him, and I wouldn't mind seeing him come. No, me neither. One thing I won't mind is if y'all stick with us because we are going to drop two big bets throughout the show. I got an under-21 final. Today's the final. Germany, Spain and I got a I got a play that you're going to empty out your pockets to. I've been holding Ooh. on to this play for about three days. Let's get it on. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. I've been on the low, I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel like my life ain't mine. Who can relate? Woo! You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776. Give us a call. Get in on the fun. Fantasy football is around the corner. Josh and I were talking about, all right, well, when do you draft? When do you usually draft? And it's give or take a week here and there. Depends on people's schedules. But thinking about it right here, let's let's say, hey, we're in July. Let's just let's let's act like, hey, July 1 or 1st. Next time we talk, we will be in July. So seven, eight weeks. 
Yeah. Some people six weeks away from drafts. Yeah. It's time to start talking fantasy now. It's time to start talking uh, futures because later on in July, one month from now, we'll be in training camps. Absolutely, man. I can't wait. It's finally like getting close enough to where like you can sense it. It's coming. We're getting some football, dude. We got a little bit of football yesterday, or at least a running part of it. Yes. The 40-yard dash, 40 yards of gold is what was it was dubbed at. Chad Ochocinco MC the event pay-per-view it was. How much did you say this thing cost? 40 bucks, man. $40. I didn't know. That's what I was wondering. $40 to see these guys run a 40-yard dash competition. That's How did funny. it go? It was interesting. It, it it had a lot of drama, actually, because you know I heard the morning show talking about it, and they were deciding who they were picking. I think Lance picked like Ted Ginn Jr. And you know how well Ted Ginn did in this? Uh, he didn't show up. <laughs> no show. He no showed. Like he's one of the guys that like kind of talked this thing into existence. From what I remember, he didn't even show up. So the actual winner, which God, I wish I would have got some money on this. I was telling Jerry before the segment started, like this was the guy I thought was going to win, and he did. It was Marquise Goodwin. You know, he's the receiver for the 49ers. He played at the University of Texas. You know, I'm a a Longhorn fan, so I remember watching him for the Longhorns. Man, the dude can run. And this offseason, he was talking about how he wants to do the Olympics in Tokyo coming up. So You got to tell me about this. I know. Like, come on, man. We should have been in on this. So he he wins it. And... uh, you know, congratulations to him for winning. There was, you know, Robbie Anderson, he he participated, Alvin Kamara. So there were some kind of big names. They went, they started the events heads up, right? And yeah. from what I understand, and Robbie Anderson smoked Kamara. He did. And so much of this is we could have seen from the combine. Just look at these 40 times. Because I think Robbie Anderson ran in like the high four threes. And Kamara, I think, was a low four five guy. Kamara's a little quicker than he is fast. So I'm not surprised that, you know, he loses in the 40 on that deep speed. So, you know, this was pretty predictable, Jerry. We should have been in on this. We should have been in on this for the money liners, man. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I don't even know what to say about it. Once you told me that it makes sense, I wish I could go back and I guess I can go back and look at the pre-race odds. But Goodwin made out with a million dollars and they say that this will continue to go on this event. And maybe next year they said a lot of people wanted to get in, but uh, it was too late once they realized that this was going to be held. Because at first it sounded like far-fetched. Yeah, and the fact that they got it put on pay-per-view and it got put together so quickly. I want to know how many people bought that thing. Yeah, me too. I I have an article pulled up here, but I don't see those numbers in the article. But I don't know if you remember, but maybe it was about 10 years ago back when Andre Johnson was in his prime. Do you remember at the Pro Bowl, they do the NFL fastest yeah, man? Yeah. And at the Pro Bowl, they'd race. And I miss that. You know, I'm like, why don't they do that anymore? Because I... I don't really want to watch the Pro Bowl, but if they they grabbed like you know Deshaun Jackson and a bunch of the other fastest guys in the NFL and had them race, I'd watch that. Maybe they're afraid of hamstrings blowing out, or you know who knows. I'm but, down for these yeah. little events. You remember way back whenever Shaq and uh, Hakeem were going to play for Taco Bell? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? I was all for it. It never happened. Yeah, but I was all for it. Now this stuff can be interesting, and if you get some more high profile. Uh, high-profile players in this thing. And to win a million bucks, I mean, that's not nothing. I mean, even for an NFL player, that's a good chunk of change. What, to run a 40? 
I, I mean, I I, I should have tuned in, I guess, because but uh, I want to see what the official times. I can't find the ex- official clock times from. I want to see the final the final race. You know what I mean? I, I watched it, but I want to see how fast these guys were actually running in this event. Yeah, no, I I get that too, and I just I don't know if the promotion was that great because I didn't really know about it until it was over. You know, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was going to be like this weekend. So I think they could have done a little bit better job of kind of promoting this thing. So people like us, I mean, we're combing the internet for sports stories all the time. So it's not like we're not paying attention. And it still wasn't like on our radar, like, oh, this is happening today. I probably wouldn't have paid the 40 bucks, but I probably would have gotten <laughs> on Reddit or something and tried to find it. Well, as I, w- I was combing th- through the internet for, you know, topics today, LaCarb Jackson <laughs> quarterback Baltimore Ravens I don't know if you've seen how thick he got he got thick with two C's thick oh, I just saw the picture man what do you think that's about is does that go ahead and tell you hey they plan on running the ball still with him they absolutely do and Greg Roman I believe is their offensive coordinator he was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers back when Kaepernick was on that offense remember like they went to the Super Bowl with that offense so He's got a quarterback that he can kind of use in the same way that he used Kaepernick, so that makes a lot of sense. Remember, they have Mark Ingram now, so they, they've got a nice running back to go. I just – I don't know how – they're just going to run the ball so much, and they're saying – you know, RG3 was saying how it, you know incredible the offense is going to be and it's going to shock all these people. I just don't see him throwing the ball very much. So, I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I do think they're going to run it a ton, and especially the way Lamar looks – I mean, he was getting a ridiculous amount of carries last season. We're kind of surprised he made it through the year with how many hits he was taking. Let's think about it as a whole, though. Does Lamar Jackson get better with this offseason going to be tailored exactly to him? Because he took over a Joe Flacco-type led offense that threw the ball top three in the league in attempts. That was a big change for them. He came in. And, okay, maybe the first few weeks, defenses weren't able to adjust. They didn't realize how much they were actually going to get to run to it. But defenses caught on, and he was still able to have success doing it, running that type of game plan with what really weapons did he have? What running back did the defense have to be scared of? So they were able to even stack boxes against him, and it was just his individual ability to make plays that ended up working for them. Now, give him a whole offseason and being, like you said, Romans worked with running quarterbacks. Give him the whole offseason, and I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this. I'm kind of excited about the Ravens, and that's what, again, these – other teams in the AFC North give me doubt in the Cleveland Browns overall because when people say, hey, what do you think the Cleveland Browns win total? And I'm thinking the Ravens aren't going to be slouches. No, they're not. The, the one thing is I'm glad they're revamping the offense because you remember that the Chargers-Ravens game and remember they were it was almost feeling like boos were starting to come down because uh, he played so poorly at quarterback for the Ravens. And, you know, the first half, I mean, was just ugly. And it was basically a blowout. And then they they kind of grabbed a few points and, and got a little closer so it didn't look so bad. But remember, there was talk about, hey, is Joe Flacco going to come into this game? Because, you know, it was going so bad for the Ravens. So I think they had to do something. And they are going to have Hayden Hurst back at tight end. It looks like he's going to be healthy. Remember, he was a, he was a top pick. And then they also grab Hollywood Brown, the uh, receiver out of Oklahoma, who's just a, a speed merchant. So they are 
you know, adding to the offense. And I think Mark Ingram will be big for them. He's still got something left. He's a good player. That's huge. And let's think about the Ravens last year. And people don't realize the Chargers, okay, we know that they got dismantled by the Patriots. But when did their season really start falling apart? Because we got to think about when the Ravens went in there on national TV and beat them up 22-10. Remember that. And, again, Jackson only had 204 yards. But he knows how to manage the game. That defense... Yes, they lost Sucks. Yes, they lost Molly. But, hey, they picked up a big, big, big defensive back in Earl Thomas. Yes. So, I don't see them taking that much of a step back. The defensive side is set, and it puts them in, in games where they can score 22 points and win because the, defense, uh, the, 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 the offense only scores 22 because the defense only gave up 10 in a game against a Chargers defense on the road that was – that Chargers game was huge for what it did to the Chargers and the Ravens going forward. Oh, yeah. It, it was big. And that's why we, we expected more out of the Chargers when they went to go play the Patriots. And then we know how that went down. Whew. So, I guess going forward, and I guess that's something we'll see because a lot of people say that he won't be able to last this season. Not going up like that. There's no way that he, he can run the ball 20-plus times as a quarterback and get away with it. I don't think so, man. He's just – he's not that big a dude. Any quarterback taking that many hits, man, that's – it's going to be bad news, but that's his strength. That's what he's good at. That's what they're going to do. So it should be at least kind of fun to watch. I hope it's not just, you know, where they almost don't throw the ball at all because that won't be very fun to watch. I have a surprise. Well, to some. Some it's wishful thinking. The number two overall fantasy quarterback, a lot of people are cementing this guy in and saying – if it isn't Mahomes, and this guy maybe get more points than Mahomes counting in the regression, get this guy on your fantasy team. We'll talk about him when we get back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Don't stop me, don't stop me, don't stop me. Hey, hey, hey. Don't stop me, don't stop me. ESPN 97.5. I assume you knew. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe. And Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The squad is in the building. Andrew Carlson, Josh Jordan, Jerry Bo knows at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. 713-780-3776 is where you can hit us, text us, tweet us, find us on Twitch, find us on SportsMap. Anything that you want to bet today, I'll be updating. Anything that you miss as far as the show, make sure you get us on Podcast Arena. All the all, every show's up there right after the the, uh, the show concludes. So make sure to check it out in case you miss any bets. Throw, uh, one at one point, I'm gonna make it a surprise. I'm dropping that big bet. I'm yeah. nervous because I, I got a grip of money on this, Ooh. and uh, I feel like we're gonna get there early. I told you earlier we might see that over in the first half. That's the best, right? When you're just counting your money and the game's not even over. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love whenever you have the notifications, the app set up, and it just hits you goal, goal, and <laughs> you're just thinking, is it even halftime yet? I teased this quarterback that you won on your squad. And I said it's wishful thinking because when you see the name Deshaun Watson 
pop up in articles, multiple from different sites, not just one. And many people saying Watson is the number two quarterback clearly to get in fantasy football this year. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's about right. You know, part of it is six point or four point passing touchdown depends on your league scoring metric. But, you know, in the four point passing touchdown leagues, Deshaun's even more valuable because he runs. So I think he had, was it about 500? Let me pull it up here. Yeah, 551 rushing yards last year. Man, out of your quarterback, that's pretty good. That's about 35 yards a game. You know, so you're getting, you know, three and a half points a game just in rushing from Deshaun. And then you get all his passing numbers, too. And I think the Texans secondary is going to take a while to round into form. They got a lot of new guys learning the system. They got some rookies. You know, Jonathan Joseph, we'll see what he's got left this year. You know, I think they're going to be in some shootouts is is my point. I think, you know, the secondary is going to give up some points and Deshaun's going to have to go get it back to win the game. I think he's going to have to air it out. And that's good if you're a fantasy owner. I mean, that's why Drew Brees for all those years was great and Peyton Manning. And those weren't a lot of great defense defenses traditionally over most of those years. So you wanted those quarterbacks because they were chasing points. Now, we use the term regression all the time. That's something that we will see, I believe, in Mahomes. Now, I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is special. How much regression? I'm yet to see. Uh, I'm yet to, to to be able to pinpoint, let's say. But will there be some? Yeah. Would his regression make him as good as a great quarterback? Probably. But what was Watson in his electric rookie season? He was one of seven quarterbacks ever to average at least 24 fantasy points in a game six times in a rookie season, and that was in a shortened season. Okay? Now you go to the next season and you say, how did he follow the up? We talk about that regression word. Yes, it was going to come down some. Yes. 8.4 yards attempted per uh, adjusted attempt per pass, right? Yards. That was sixth in the league, only behind people like Mahomes, Breeze, Wilson, Ryan, those type of names. You put those two seasons together, let's look at who Watson is. Completion rate, fifth amongst 39 quarterbacks with 10 starts. Fourth in touchdown rate. Third in quarterback rating. Third in yards per attempt. Fourth in yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt. Third in rush yards. And second in fantasy points per game with 21.8. If you're guaranteed 21.8 points per game from your fantasy, uh, from your from your quarterback spot, you're doing pretty well. Oh, yeah. No, you'll take that. Look, I think Deshaun's going to be great. And, man, a lot of it's on what's around him, though, right? Can Kiki QT stay healthy? Can Will Fuller stay healthy? You know, you feel like you can trust Hopkins to go out and do his thing, but Deshaun's got to have one other guy. You know, he's got to have one other guy, especially in the slot with the way this offense goes. You know, if QT can stay on the field, I like the offense if they can pull that off. And I just saw you know an article about Lamar Miller, how he's really working on catching the ball more this offseason. He's been really working on his, his routes out of the backfield and getting those perfect, getting his body fat down to where he weighs pretty much what he weighed last year, but he's going to have a little less body fat. So it sounds like he's really planning on catching a lot of passes. And, you know, in this offense, they should throw more to the running back. I think Lamar's only averaging about two catches a game. I think they could up that a little bit, especially if the O-line's not very good. Checking down to your running back can can be your best friend. And later on during this show, we will have a segment where we talk about zero running back 
strategies coming into fantasy and Lamar Miller's name is going to come up because if you choose to deploy and, and to, to, to wait on the running back position, then he is one of the guys that you have available usually in most drafts. Don't get me wrong. Everything is, is subject by the drafters, but uh, he's a guy that tends to be left if you tend to wait to draft your running back and and do those zero running back strategies right. and we'll get into that but to touch more on Mahomes and uh, or on uh Watson and what you said earlier and something that leads me to believe that if he has a full healthy complement of the wide receivers and 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 everyone and his line can get better he could maybe even be the top uh quarterback this year in fantasy scoring and how important is it for your fantasy quarterback to be able to at least attempt to run? Quarterbacks 1 through 12, QB 1 through 12 last year in fantasy football, they averaged 3.4 yards or attempts per game, rush attempts. So they at least have to attempt it 16.2 yards per game. Okay. That's two and a half points extra that you get from those QB 1 through 12 with running quarterbacks. That's that's big on a lot of a lot of weeks. Two point two and a half points. That's huge. Th- that's a, it. Gives you a nice floor with those guys, right? Like they're going to give you some rushing yards, so they'll pad that. So if the rest of the game isn't great, you have a nice floor, and at least they won't kill you for that week. Exactly. So what can we think of whenever we say? How do we compare this? Because we just spoke about last segment about how Lamar Jackson was historically uh, the temps. Well. Last year, we also had Josh Allen and Watson and players that and quarterbacks that averaged over 35 yards per game. There's only a list of six people in since 1970 that have done this, and three were from last season. What is going on with that? Watson averaged 36, Jackson 43, and Josh Allen 53. Again, there's a short list Mike Vick, Cam Newton, and RG3, the rest of that list. 1970, it goes back to. A quarterback running is a huge weapon, and we've known that. Don't get me wrong. We've known that for years, but just to think about it, look at last year and look at how Jackson was able to sustain that. Does Josh Allen come back running this much? See, that's what I don't know with him, right? Because you see with Lamar Jackson, they have a lot of schemed-up run plays, right? With Josh Allen, he's just scrambling and running for his life, so – I wonder if he can duplicate that this next year. It's it's a weapon for him, but it's kind of like a weapon like it is for Blake Bortles. He's not great at it, but when he gets flushed out of the pocket and he can't get rid of the ball, then he, he just takes off because you know the defense typically doesn't account for guys like that running. So I, I think he could fall off a little bit, and, and Buffalo's just going to be is going to be a rough year, I think, on offense for them. So. But with Watson, what's great about him is he gives you that running as a floor like we were talking about, but he also gives you almost 4,200 passing yards and 26 touchdowns, and his interceptions aren't in double digits. It's eight or nine for Watson's first two years. I know his first year he didn't play all the games, but my point is when you're throwing less than 10 interceptions in an entire season, you're doing a pretty good job. So as much as we think is Watson's kind of a gunslinger and maybe he, he throws too many picks and Really, the numbers don't bear that out too much. He only had nine last year. And when we say who's on the other end of those pass, oh, those receiving on those yards, right? So how we know that the wide receiver one spot's secure. It's that number two, and health is always the issue. Yeah. Okay. But who is Watson when he has Hopkins and Fuller in those eleven games together? 65% completion rate, 9 yards per attempt, 32 total touchdowns. Remember, this is an 11-game sample. Hopkins, 69 catches 
1,113 yards, 12 touchdowns. Remember, again, 11-game sample. Fuller, 45 catches, 782 yards, 11 touchdowns in 11 games. And that's what's kind of, if you can get Watson, because not everybody's going to have him as their number two quarterback, but I think he could easily produce as the number one quarterback. That's what we're talking about here, right? I think Patrick Mahomes, he had 50 touchdowns last year. I I think he takes a step back. I bet he gets around 40 this year. So... I think Watson could be that guy, and you're not going to have to take him in the second, third, I don't think. I think maybe you can get Deshaun at the top of the fourth, maybe at the end of the third. It just depends because some people are going to have Andrew Luck in front of Deshaun. Some people are going to have Aaron Rodgers in front of Deshaun. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes is typically the first quarterback. So, you know, you're really talking about you might be able to get him as the fourth quarterback off the board. I think that's really good value. A lot of upside. That's what you're doing in fantasy. You want upside, man. Deshaun can give you that. And just like in gambling, things that look shiny, teams that are hot, they put a premium on them. A premium on them. Coming into last year's fantasy football drafts, there was a lot of big talk because we knew that he had that over nine. It was like a nine point eight touchdown ratio. That or you know what I mean? That that first rookie season. So, yep. Watson was overdrafted last season. Remember that he a lot was. of people were overdrafting him. You ask yourself. With Fuller, if you can, I know guarantees a, a harsh word because in football, wide receiver, the position's the second most injured position on the offensive side of the ball. Watson, without Fuller, in 13 games, 21.9 points per game, 7.19 yards per attempt, 225 a game. With Fuller, 30 points per game that he ports, 9 yards attempt, 288 passing yards. He goes up significantly on every single stat that you can as a passer that wide receiver two is crucial crucial for him to have because it's a it's a field stretcher it's yeah. just, it's a check down without having a check down we've seen him many times when everything would break down he needed a little space he would look up he would see one-on-one coverage and he's throwing it up there with confidence that fuller is going to come down with confidence you can believe that we'll be back and we're going to keep wrecking this thing on a sunday morning get the charcoal going Get the drinks going because we're about to party. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Give us a call. You want in on the fantasy leagues? Let's get in the first contestant. Last year, three leagues. And we had people left over. I got a feeling we're going to have four or five this year. I think you're right, man. We're going to have to spread out the drafts. I know we're going to have one up there on your side of town. Yep, I think we're going to do one over at at Stats. It's over in the Vintage Park area. I think we'll do one there, and I think we'll do one a little closer to the station as well. So, and then we're yeah, we're probably going to have at least three or four of them. At least three or four. I'm excited to see what goes on. I need revenge. I need revenge (laughs) from last year. I had Watson now thinking about it, and I remember leading up to – to that draft, we you know our show had just started. We had a few uh, few episodes under our belt, and I remember stressing the fact of not overdrafting Watson. I remember kept saying that, 
and you get in the war room and you have you have things planned and then as soon as one person makes a bad pick or somebody takes somebody you really had your eye on and this is this this segment's going to be more of a lesson all right yeah what you got everything kind of changes all it takes is somebody to take that first quarterback off the board and then people start taking quarterbacks and then before you know it your value quarterback your sleeper quarterback your mid-round quarterback he's not any of that anymore he's now moved up to someone you have to take a chance on so now that's why you always need to give yourself uh option a b c one a one a uh one b you know what i mean do it like that because if you just say hey i'm getting watson and Hopefully he falls to me, and when he doesn't, then you don't have a plan B. You need to switch that. So stick it to that theory. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on any of this fantasy talk, I know it's a little early, but to us, like we said, we're six, seven weeks away from people really drafting. That gives us just enough time to start knocking things out. So look, we're going to get football heavy uh, at me if you don't like it. Yeah, and – you don't want to come into your draft having to cram like you're taking a final. Like, oh, who got drafted on what team? And, you know, that's why Jerry and I do pretty well at this because we follow it year-round. We don't just, you know, pick up a fantasy magazine and in late August and put our thoughts together. Like, you know, we're always kind of thinking about this stuff. And to your point, we were talking about Deshaun Watson last segment. It's interesting, right? Because the number one quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, according to – to ADP on fantasy football calculator. So, so Mahomes is going around pick 31 right now, right? Then Andrew Luck is the next quarterback off the board in most drafts. He's going at about number 47 overall. And then after that, it's actually Aaron Rodgers at 55. And then it doesn't even get to Deshaun until about pick 60. So if you really think Deshaun could be the second best quarterback, maybe the best quarterback, that's some really good value right there. You might be able to snag him like I was talking about fourth fifth round so and that that's not bad you know you don't I never tell people to take a quarterback before like the fourth round that's just me now you might be in a league where everybody takes a quarterback early so you have to adjust to that if your league does that then do that but uh the whole point of this is Watson looks like a really nice value this year and you know what's fun when your fantasy team is scoring touchdowns and the team you root for scoring touchdowns. You know, it's fun to, to, to root for a Texan player, and especially if you're a Texans fan and, and they're on your fantasy team. Like, that's the best of both worlds. And it's kind of funny. I don't know, Jerry, if this happens with you, but when I draft with people that I know are mostly from Houston, Texans players go a little earlier than they would in other drafts, like one an online draft or something like that. And that's that. going to come uh, – imagine being in Cleveland this year and having yeah. a draft. Imagine how quick people are going to take – Odell Beckham off the board. Yes. Imagine how quick people are going to take Baker Mayfield off the board. So I think it pertains a lot to where you're drafting from. Now, whenever we say value, we're saying a lot of the word value whenever it talks to Watson. Sure. Again, it depends where you're drafting at because a lot of people here in Houston are going to overdraft him. I've seen it done before. But when you look at value, it's it's a word that's hard to associate with him because you also look at ceilings. Right. That's what you want. People that have obviously the high ceilings. Those are what wins you week in, week in, week out. You're looking for the high ceiling, obviously. 2018, only six quarterbacks posted at least eight games with 20 plus fantasy points. That's a high number, though. Again, six quarterbacks in 2017. Only two did it in 2016. Only four did it. So let's look at last year. 20 plus point fantasy games. Mahomes had 13 of them. Luck, 11. Ryan, Matt Ryan, 10. Watson, Deshaun, 10 as well. 
That's what you're looking for. It is. And if you're going the other way, where you, you want to wait and wait and wait on quarterback, and I know you kind of have an article about that, that's where you can find value. Matt Ryan, who you just listed right there. I think I got him in a bunch of leagues in like the ninth or tenth round last year. So th- that's some value that you can find. If you want to roll the dice and wait a little bit, you can end up getting one of these top guys. And it, it what a trick I like to use is if it's a good quarterback who has a number one dominant receiver – that's that guy's typically going to pay off. Whoever's throwing the ball to Julio Jones, he's probably going to put up some fantasy points, man. He's throwing to Julio Jones. So it's like uh, Donovan, uh, Donovan McNabb was incredible for fantasy because T.O. was having those amazing years with the Eagles. That's what you try and target. You try and get a quarterback if, if you're waiting and you don't get one of the, you know, the really coveted guys. Get a guy that's thrown to receivers that put up big numbers. That that's that's a little trick I like to put out there for me when I'm waiting late. You know, like Ben Roethlisberger last year was a good guy to wait on because he's throwing to Antonio Brown. career high in touchdowns. Right, and people yeah. for whatever reason are knocking him this year, and you're thinking, hey, they're still going to rip it. Now, patience is the key. Whenever you do that, okay, I'm going to wait for quarterbacks, and then it's easier said than done because then you see the board slowly, slowly, slowly going, and you're thinking, all right, I got these two guys stuck with as quarterback and. You hear other people say, man, I, your friend's over there celebrating. I got Mahomes and Hills or, you know, whatever. I got the one-two connection. You're over there thinking, well, you know, when when is my turn? I've got Andy Dalton. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're thinking, <laughs> well, la- I remember last few years it's been around that Eli Manning, Rivers, kind yeah. of, you know, right around there is where you get that, that range. So according to pro football logic, think about this, and this is why patience will play because a lot of people say, this is when patience runs out. Whenever you start having your roster pretty much filled, you say, okay, I got my running backs. I got my receivers, my tight end. Everything's set. Why am I going to pass up on a quarterback now? Running backs make 16.9% of their games on average. Receivers, 12.5. Tight ends, 11.3. Quarterbacks, 6.9% of their games they miss. So that means once bye weeks are accounted for, the average number of, of unavailable weeks is three and a half for running backs, 2.8 for receivers, 2.6 for tight ends, and two for quarterbacks. In other ner- uh, words, you'll need somewhere about a half season worth of games from your bench at running back and receiver. So why whenever you say, hey, I got my, my stuff is pretty much filled out here. I got two running backs. These guys, this is my stud. This guy, you're already looking at, at bye weeks and it gets real cute. And you're saying, okay, now's my chance to, to, to take a chance and get this quarterback. Whenever you can be filling in these other positions on people that will be starters half of the games. Because like I said, look how much time. And then for positions that have a higher rate of injuries. Running backs. Yes. Right there, right? It makes sense. Fill in some of your depth before you fill in all your starters in that situation. Now, we'll say this. If you're in a shallow league, like there's only 10 teams in your league, something like that, I find it better to just get a stud at every position. And the reason why is there's less players selected because there's only 10 teams in the league. So you can find those backing running, that backup running back. You can grab that guy in the later rounds. But if you're in a 12 or 14 team league, all those decent back, backup running backs are gone later in the draft. So if you're in the shallow league, you can reach and take you know Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson in the fourth or fifth round and, and not worry about it. But if you're in a 12 or 14 team league, you might want to wait because there's going to be nothing left at running back and receiver. If, if you're going quarterback and tight end early, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And speaking of early, if you do wait and 
Say that quarterback might not end up being, you might end up streaming towards the end some yeah. quarterbacks. Make sure that you get a quarterback that is set up pretty solid to begin the year. You were talking about, and this is not some one of those late-round quarterbacks, but you talked about how Watson has a decent uh, schedule yeah. to start out with. Lamar Jackson at Dolphins versus Cardinals at Chiefs. And remember, that's a Patrick Peterson-less Cardinals. And then he gets two matchups against defenses in the bottom 25, or in the bottom five, I'm sorry, in the league, in, in DVOA. Uh, Dak Prescott, for example. Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Two, two teams, bottom 10 in DVOA defense. And Washington, which is the team that he averages, he kills. three hundred Over 300 total yards, two and a half touchdowns versus Washington last year. See, and that's that's the other thing you can do, right? Is if you don't want to go quarterback early, grab kind of two decent guys and hope for one to break out. So maybe grab like Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, kind of towards the end of your draft, and you just kind of, you know, you kind of play the matchup to start the season. There's going to be 20 quarterbacks that you're going to feel comfortable with starting this year, guys. There are so many of them. Carson Wentz is coming back. There are a lot of them, so you can wait. And it's probably the, the smarter thing to do, you know, because quarterbacks you know like phil rivers you can get him late 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 in drafts so i think that's a good route to go so keep that in mind you you can get two guys kind of ride the hot hand and then yeah you can kind of ride the waiver wide kyler murray can end up being incredible this year so there's there's a lot of interesting guys i'm excited you you name them like you said joe flacco is still out there trubisky Trubisky. where's he gonna go andy dalton josh allen where are all these guys gonna go the guys with running abilities the lamar jackson and josh allen's whenever they're sitting there late and you know you get points for running yeah and a lot of them probably won't even get drafted which is really interesting whoa we're halfway there you hear that and you see that we got one hour left max bets some funnies a lot of laugh coming up you're listening to money line esp 97.5 Sam Windsor with the Houston Sabercats here. Even when I'm down under, I'm listening to ESPN 97.5 on the app. You can stream the boys from anywhere. Mate, 